flawed picture of him and of our relationship. Many consigned me to a brief walk-on part in John's life, notable only because we had a son. I was usually dismissed as the impressionable young girl who fell for him, then trapped him into marriage. That was a long way from the truth. I was at John's side throughout the most exciting, extraordinary and eventful ten years of his life. It was a time when he was at his creative best, a time when he was witty, passionate, honest and open, when he loved his family and loved the Beatles, a time before drugs and fame led him toward the destruction of so much that he had valued. After my marriage to John fell apart, I tried to escape the world of celebrity and the Lennon label by going off to find my own life. I wanted security for our son, and a life that was real and purposeful, out of the limelight. Both my privacy and my dignity were important to me, so I preferred to let others do the talking. But somehow I was never able to escape completely. The public interest always caught up with me, and I was frequently sought out for various Beatles-related projects, interviews or books. Far from fading, fascination with the Beatles, and John in particular, increased over the years. In the early days, I said no to most of the offers and requests I received, but in the end, I realised there was no escaping the Lennon legend, or that I had been a part of it. So occasionally, when the project was worthwhile, or I needed to earn a living, I said yes to the requests and opportunities that came my way. I even talked about my relationship with John a few times, which I had refused to do for several years after we split up. I wrote a book back in the 70s, and after John's death I helped out with a biography about him and gave a couple of magazine interviews. What I never did was tell the full and truthful story of my life with John. After our divorce, I was so desperately hurt, angry and lost, that the only way I could cope was to push my feelings to one side and try to detach myself from them. I succeeded so well that whenever I talked about John and our split... I sounded calm, rational, accepting, and even cheerful. Oh, well, these things happen, was the approach I adopted. But, of course, the pain of the breakup stayed with me, even though I buried it as deeply as I could. Now the time has come when I feel ready to tell the truth about John and me, our years together, and the years since his death. There is so much that I have never said, so many incidents I have never spoken of, and so many feelings I have never expressed. Great love on one hand, pain, torment and humiliation on the other. Only I know what really happened between us, why we stayed together, why we parted, and the price I paid for having been John's wife. Why now? Because, having tried to live an ordinary life for so many years since John and I parted, I have come to realise that I will always be known as John's first wife and because I also have a powerful story to tell, which is part of John's history. John was an extraordinary man. Our relationship has shaped much of my life. I have always loved him and never stopped grieving for him. That's why I want to tell the real story of the real John, the infuriating, lovable, sometimes cruel, funny, talented and needy man who made such an impact on the world. John believed in the truth, 
and he would want nothing less. Chapter One One early December afternoon in 1980, my friend Angie and I were in the little bistro we ran in North Wales, putting up the Christmas decorations. It was a cold, dark afternoon, but the atmosphere inside was bright and warm. We'd opened a bottle of wine and were hanging baubles on the tree and festive pictures on the walls. Laughing, we pulled a cracker and the toy inside fell onto the floor. I bent to pick it up and shivered when I saw it was a small plastic gun. It seemed horribly out of place among the tinsel and paper chains. The next day I went to stay with my friend Mo Starkey in London. I couldn't really spare the time during the busy pre-Christmas season, but my lawyer had insisted I go to sign some legal papers, so I took the train, planning to return the following day. I left my husband and Angie to look after things in.